Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our wrestling podcast from the OWP Arena. So, without further ado, the following podcast is scheduled for one ball. And today's topic, the ECW Heat Wave 1998 Review. Done. Going. Welcome to the OWP. This is our wrestling podcast. This is Dave along with Jess. Hi, David. Cuz. And Craig. Oh, my God. Bringing you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from the diehards sharing opinions with you. And now on to our topic today, Heat Wave 98 ECW. Hit us up on Instagram at OWP2019. Click on Linktree. You can find us on several platforms, including Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. And we are uh, now part of the WrestleHub family. You can all about wrestling podcasts. You can find us on at the WrestleHub on YouTube and Instagram. What's going on, guys? And Google Podcasts. Oh, that's right. And Google Podcasts. Thank you, cuz. I got to put that back into the spiel. Woo! Yeah, we're, we're pro- there's a lot of us out there. Can I say too, Craig? I would like to compliment you if I may have the floor for a couple seconds here. Um, yeah. Bring what it. People don't realize, or maybe they do realize, and I'm just like I've noticed that every episode when Dave does his, you know, we're here along with Jess, and then I say something stupid, and then Cuz says his thing, and then Craig s- says his thing. Craig makes sure it's themed to the episode that we are about to cut, <laughs> yes, he does. and I. I maybe Craig's mad at me right now for exposing that secret, but I no. just I I want to say thank you for that because I think yeah. that's a cool little twist. When you in the fourth wall, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. I, when you're a professional broadcaster, you think of these things <laughs> and uh, you come prepared yeah. and with preparation and with poise. So of course, oh, you know what I what I find fantastic is that Jess would ever say like, "Hey, Craig, if I can compliment you," and then Craig would say, "Oh, no, you can't." Yeah, he might have. I could be like, I'd You're rather like, you didn't. No. Can we just jump yeah. right into it, please? I'd rather you didn't compliment me. Yeah. Right. Can you not fucking do that right now? Like, I'm not comfortable with the attention. Can you please not do that? Sorry, I'm sorry, Craig. You, no problem. Let's just dive into it, guys. Yeah, exactly. What's up with Heatwave 98, ladies and gentlemen? ECW this style. Cuz's suggestion. Cuz has been wanting to not do. Not a bad one. For no, ever since we did Le- Legacy of ECW, Cuz has been very anxious to start reviewing pay-per-views and stuff and doing more Legacy of's you know, famous wrestlers that came kind of from ECW and sort of cut their teeth there. So we decided to do, since it's August and it's summer, uh, we're going to do Heat Wave 1998 review Ooh, right now, drop. right fucking now. So I expect well, a lot go. of impersonations from Cuz. I expect a lot of energy from Cuz. It's a lot of pressure up front, I know, but I expect oh it. God. So That's all, I'm just going to do that over and over. <laughs> so Cuz, did you, did, you, did you like this event and did you want this choice? Because this is almost the closest mainstream thing to kind of FMW and that um, that Japanese style. Was that an element of it or no? Are you just a huge ECW and you love this event? I just love this event. Yeah, ECW. I've always been a fan of it. I, I watched it every Friday night when it was on TNN. Um, so and a lot of a lot of good nostalgic memories from ECW. Um, you know, I've mentioned before you you guys. You know, your your kid slash teenager days was 
Hogan, Warrior, Macho, and all that, and you where, where you were able to comprehend it. Where I was a kid back then, I didn't really get to comprehend it. But for me, my nostalgic time was you know pre Attitude Era, you know ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine. So it always brings back a lot of good memories. And ECW, big part of that uh, childhood for me. And this, this is, is really so quite the, the animal here. The yeah, climate of of wrestling around here, uh, you know, being August of nineteen ninety eight. Uh, the Monday Night Wars were still raging on. However, WWF had pulled ahead firmly, and they had been pretty much in control of the ratings for a good solid four to five months at this point. Maybe about four months. I, I Maybe I'm being a little... Probably about three and a half to four months, I would say. It all started with the famous Raw where Vince McMahon challenged Steve Austin and said, I'll even tie one hand behind my back. Or no, Austin had to tie one hand behind his back, and then Vince said he would face him. From that Raw... Raw finally beat WCW in the ratings after 83 straight weeks. So here we are of August of that year. WCW is still on fire with business. They're still having high ratings, but Raw has basically overtaken them. And more often than not, Raw is the winner. But then you have this third promotion. You have ECW, which started, you know, way back in the kind of the early 90s as Eastern Eastern Championship Wrestling. And then when Paul Heyman kind of got more control and Todd Gordon gave him more control, uh, they changed it to Extreme Championship Wrestling. So the, the big challenge, first of all, without getting too long winded here about a third promotion like that, especially when they're the third promotion between these two giants, WWF and WCW, during the hottest period in wrestling history with those two, the most competitive, is he had a lot of talent come in and come out, come in and come out. 94 to 95, I really, like, he would get people like Austin, the Steiners, Mick Foley, and he would use them expertly. But then, but even his mainstays, like Shane Douglas, who had kind of started years before that and had been in WWF and WCW before, even left in 1995 to do that short failed stint as Dean Douglas and then came back. So he had a lot of main stars come in, come out. Some he planned on them coming in, coming out quickly. Some he just lost to contracts because, you know, like Public Enemy and people like that were getting gobbled up by the big companies. Uh, Dudley Boys were almost gone at this point. Uh, this is one of their, I'm trying to remember what year, 99, I think they finally ended up in WWF. So they were still yeah. ECW mainstays here, but they were close. This was close to the big purge. They were really on the cusp of the big purge where they would lose the biggies here, like Dudley's, Taz, things like that. But uh, they, this is like their best, one of their best rosters right here. I mean, so, yes. so that's the climate roughly. So we're in the middle of the Monday Night Wars, but ECW is also thriving because wrestling in general was on fire and ECW already had a really hardcore cult following that was was loyal to them that would pack the little you know philadelphia arena for them and keep them afloat and now that we're in this big you know uh monday night war battle huge period in professional wrestling ecw is attempting to make they'd been on pay-per-view for a year at this point and uh heat wave was one of their marquee pay-per-views so with that said um it is in uh, dayton ohio it was august 2nd 1998 at the Hera arena there was yep. 4400 people in attendance the building was set wow. up for like the building was Damn set that. up for like 49 or something like that. So they basically almost sold yeah. out and they probably, they probably blacked some places out for the cameras and stuff. So, no, I mean, didn't. people, <laughs> there people, that you could see a lot of, well, I, yeah, no, I did notice shots. that too. I did <laughs> hey, notice that people, too. People had to get drinks, bro. Settle down. Well, I did notice that too. You're right. Maybe, maybe they, maybe they just didn't tell them, but I mean, I, I kind of read the observer a little bit about this too, because I like the figures that they offer over yeah. there. And they did say that, yeah, they were so super close to a sell up and not yeah. close, like, you know, probably like 300, 400 shy, something like that. So that's okay. Whatever. I mean, again, this is a third promotion that's not yeah. tied to anyone per se. I mean, I know WWF kind of kicked money to them here and there when they borrow talent, but Paul Heyman was all on his own basically with ECW. So, uh, so good, good showing the arena looked right. good. 
when when the pay per view came up, um, it looked really it, brighter than most of their stuff. Craig yeah. did mention off the air that this was a good. Go ahead, Craig. Talk. Craig noticed the production value right away, pretty much. Yeah, I, 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 my, the question I asked, like right before we we hit record, was like, was this the best that they got production wise on pay per view? Kind of with this because it was it was well lit in the ramp, and even for as uh, as gritty as it always looks, and everything with ECW just looks gritty and was always missing a couple layers of slickness. They just couldn't afford it, and just a probably frankly didn't didn't want didn't want to do it that slick, and liked the 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 quick and dirty approach and and how it looked, yeah. but it it looked it looked good. I mean, I, I could have used more replays throughout. I, I thought as I was watching yeah, it, like right. the camera crew and like, I wonder who was doing the production of this thing. I think at this time they were probably maybe using, I don't know if it was their, their, their TV, their syndicated crew or someone else, but I was waiting for replays constantly, constantly. And they had some trouble with it. And I just, yes. I, re- I remembered, I was like, all right, it was ECW. Like just be, be, be glad that they got everything on camera. Every, every move. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, I agree and with not, you. And, and not even all of them, by the way. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. And, and so that, that will help. I'm glad you said that because that, that will segue into the opening segment where Joey Styles welcomes you to the pay-per-view, yep. as he usually does. Yep. Um, and then Shane Douglas comes down with yes. Francine. Shane Douglas is the current yep. ECW heavyweight champion, but he's recovering from elbow surgery, as is evident by the big brace, the big fat brace yep. he had on. Um, which, uh, may I note, it's, you know, it's I love wrestlers because, you know, their character needs to be relevant for the times, right? Typically, you know, to get over with the crowd, they need to strike some kind of chord with the crowd. Are, are you referring to a certain line, Jess, that he says right away? No, not necessarily. I'm referring to what he's wearing because I know for hmm. a fact, first of all, jean shorts was totally as 90s written all over them. But I know for a fact, sure. and I don't have anything to back this up. I have no proof, but I'm just going to basically say I know for a fact because that Shane Douglas wore that shit since he woke up in the morning. Like he's like the jersey, <laughs> jean shorts, boots, fanny pack, check. Yeah. Let's go. Like, and that's <laughs> just what there was no backwards. That was no, like, Got it. <laughs> You know, like the rock would wear jumpsuits when he's interviewing, but then he would go out in his tights, you know, that was not like that was Shane Douglas, like Shane Douglas, like, you know, would wear his wrestling gear when he's in the ring. But would he, you could just tell that he was like, I'm fucking I'm just, you know, going I'm casual going today, guys. There. Yeah, I was going to go casual. What, so what, what I did enjoy was the first thing you said was like, cut the fucking music. I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah, this well, is an yeah, they were always day. gritty like that. My big, my yeah, big yeah. thing, and I don't want to go too long on the segment. But I'll give you guys sure, all sure. your time. Um, I, I'll just go to my notes. As, you know, I put, I put the segment was actually overall kind of awkward. Uh, they made a big deal out of parading the three in the middle of the ring to have an awkward, not funny shtick that really yeah. just ended in him pretending he looked at. Well, he probably really did look at Francine's boobs, and of then course. that was really all it was for. And you know, drop a few f bombs. I felt oh like. To Craig's point about the production, I felt like WCW and WWF at least has shown you enough that coming live into the pay-per-view, being down on the floor with the crowd behind you, like so many times that Jim Ross or Gorilla and all them welcomed us to a pay-per-view, not having a live mic to the crowd, I think, is is detrimental. I think Douglas, they could have kept this super compact in 60 seconds. Joy Styles could have welcomed us in on the outside of the ring with the crowd behind him, like standing on the floor. And then saying, welcome to Heat Wave. I'm going to bring out the champion. He comes out. He's got Francine. They run down the four big matches of the card. Douglas does his cool heel stuff, you know, which is like fucking Bam Bam's going to kill Taz. You know, all that great stuff. That was all great. That was all great. Um, and then, and then he does the little stick where he looks down at Francine's boobs and fans himself. And then, oh, Joey Styles could be like, let's go to the ring. Jesus. You know, they could have done that whole shtick in like 60 seconds. You don't look bad yourself tonight. I bought a new suit. It's, it's double breasted like Francine. 
but Joey, I bet you your suit didn't cost you six grand like me. Because France, Francine's wearing uh, just a, the shortest bikini uh, in the That's world right. with a oh, little she looks like, wonderful. black see-through. She looks wonderful. Yeah. She's wearing no see-through. clothes in this thing. And that that was, I think the entire purpose of it was to just parade but, her yeah, the, out. Really. The, the mic was, it. you know, in WWF, they come down and everybody has a microphone, which is annoying in itself. Yeah, so but back here, yeah. Joey Styles had the only mic. But had, it was yeah. the, he had the mic. Yeah. yeah, he had the mic. And it wasn't like it was, you know, he was trying. And uh, Joey had to repeat himself twice because he said, Douglas looking good as always. And then Shane Douglas went off on something. And then he's like, Douglas looking good as always, like, or something similar. I don't remember if he said that exactly. Yeah, but it was like, shit together, Douglas. Yeah, yeah. I could kind of tell him, like, you could have just compacted this and done it in 60 seconds, running down the car in the outside of the ring, got the jokes, the quick yada yada boom. But I just thought it was weird. And maybe that's very yeah. ECW-ish where they had to parade him out to right. the middle of the ring. I don't know. I just found that funny. But they've always done that. So it's nothing if, out of the ordinary right. for ECW. Yeah. But if you ever I done any felt, production yeah. meetings, you, you one of the first questions you ask is, how many mics do you guys need for this kind of the whole thing as you're planning? <laughs> and then usually someone would say, ah, maybe two. Yeah. Someone, <laughs> no way and not, and not even that. That's, that's what I'm mic. saying. If, like, if they would have done it. Yeah, if they would have done it on the outside of the ring, they only would have needed one. And again, it would have been so quick. But because they drew it out, I didn't time the segment, but I know it was like probably, what, five minutes, which yeah, is was, a long time when you're, lengthy. yeah, you want to welcome in your pay-per-view crowd. You want them chanting ECW, ECW behind you while, you know, the mic's not live to the crowd, but it's live, obviously, to the pay-per-view. They bring them in and then the opening, you know, uh, wrestler that's coming down, his theme plays right into the opening match. That's, I mean, I want that from any wrestling card, whether it's ECW's card or WCW, WWF, yeah. but I don't know i just they, felt like okay guys like this isn't hardcore tv this is a pay-per-view let's go let's go here yeah you know? like just cut a promo on, on task because you know they have their history right, right. and i like i like um you know obviously because bam bam the reason why also other than the fact that he's feeding with taz is bam bam was part of a triple threat which that was their little stable that uh shane douglas he actually started uh with malenko and benoit and then that's when he left to wf like you mentioned earlier and then benoit and malenko they went to wcw came back reformed it with candido and um brian lee uh, remember Brian, Brian Lee? Yes, uh, yeah. Um, and the then he was stalking Francine. They kicked him out, and then that's when uh, that's when Bam Bam joined. I actually like that little group, and obviously, I, I think you probably know this, Jess, that that was his answer to Ric Flair's Four Horsemen, just because of how much yes. he hated. But a lot of them yes. is that he had in Triple Threat. Man, it's a pretty fucking legit group of people. All the re- all the names in there. I yeah, I've always liked the Triple Threat. I always liked that group. I like what they did with yeah. it. Um, and it's amazing even more because of the, you know, how fast people kind of came in and left the promotion yes. that he was able to kind of keep it relevant, even rotating yeah. people out. So it was, a, it was a big deal in ECW. But um, so I will go into the opening match here. It was just yep. incredible, which some of you may know as Aldo Montoya, uh, Aldo Montoya <laughs> the Portuguese man of war from WWF, where people make the joke that he wore a jockstrap on his head, which may have been true. Um, he took okay. on Jerry Lynn here in the opening match and. I'll pass it on to you guys. We're going to do the same thing. Thumbs up, thumbs on the middle, thumbs down. Um, yeah. I'll just go with my notes real quick here. I put, why were the ropes so tight? Because I noticed when Jerry Lynn uh, yeah. hit the ropes, that there was no give in those ropes at all. Uh, Nicole Bass was hideous. Um, I, I like yeah. Just Incredible a lot. I remember I really liked that name. I know it's corny, but it was fun to me. Just yes. Incredible. Get it? Just I don't know why. I like the finisher maneuver. Yeah. That's incredible. 
Yeah, that's incredible. It's awesome. It. And uh, Jerry Lynn is awesome. What do I say okay. about him? Uh, the finish was a yeah. little too cluttered for me. Yes. So I gave it a thumbs in the middle. And not mm. because the guys didn't work hard. <laughs> I did think it drug in the middle. I thought at the end, it was like, it was so obvious. Like everyone has to take a move. And I'm not saying WWF is not guilty of this or WCW wasn't guilty of sure, it. Sure. I just felt like, okay, here we go. And there we go. There we go. Okay. And that and Nicole Bass takes it. All right, great. Like, you know, there's three on one. And don't get me wrong. Justin ended up getting the win. But I'm just like, you know, you could have you could have had each person on the outside representing just incredible take a shot just some time apart from each other just not all over like, time through the match yeah. right yeah because yeah. already it's ecw rules right yeah. that's a thing that wwf made up and when yeah. ecw was a thing they never referenced their rules no. it was just it was okay to bring chairs in yeah. it was okay to do basically whatever you want as long as the finish was clean yeah, right as long as the finish was coming there's no count outs but they didn't advertise that they never said no. the following no, contest is exactly. an ecw they would never say it it was just that was the rule so people who have never experienced ecw that was just the general what you do but when people like Guerrero and Benoit would decide to have a mat classic they would just wrestle traditionally never touch weapons because they didn't want to so ECW was like a promotion of what however you feel you wanted to do with your match is what you did just real quick to to do it so I'll pass it to you cuz because I know you're the ECW uh, fan here Um, what'd you think of the match I give it thumbs in the middle as well I liked it Um, Mm. I I, I wanted to say this in the beginning but I forgot Um, it, it sucks having to watch ECW pay-per-views on the network because you don't get to hear all the original licensed oh, songs. Oh, God, right? From like, God damn it. Like, Just Incredible's his song from that band Prong, Snap Your ring- Fingers, Snap Your Neck, was fucking great. It worked with his style. Um, I love I love the ongoing chants because it, it it wasn't just on this show, the Just an Asshole, like they would always call him that, and he would, he would work <laughs> yes. with that. So that shit's always good. Um, they had a few good spots, like uh, when Jerry Lynn did that Hurricane Karana to him off the top rope to the outside through the table. Yep. That shit was fucking great. Um, so yeah, match, oh, yeah. yeah, I felt like there was some clunkiness yeah. in there because of all the outside interference. And I, I liked uh, Joey Styles when uh, when he when when Nicole Bass came out. He's like, "We should call her Russia because she's bigger than China." That's <laughs> yes, in my yeah. notes. Yeah, yeah. I so that's the thing exactly. And then, and then Jason, obviously, no one remembers him, but I, I did. I like the name, the sexiest man alive. It's fucking funny and just him posing. Yeah, yeah. They talk about that too. That's yeah. I, it's also in my notes. But, yeah, but yeah. I get, I give sure. it. Uh, I give it thumbs in the middle. Um, but you know, solid. Yeah, solid. Dave, I literally, Dave, I have ahead, in Dave. my notes, it's it's a rubber match. Call you know with Jerry Lynn, call her Russia because she's bigger than China. Uh, they they have a lot of nuances to kind of throwing shade on WWF when they know that they're getting help from WWF. If that makes sense, but I I, th- I think it's very well placed and yeah, they weren't big enough to really have an issue. But you know, the plancha on the concrete five minutes in, you're Jeez. like, what the fuck is going on here? Uh, the beer spot was kind of funny. Yeah. You know where he grab he grabs someone's beer from underneath yeah. and bashed him. You know with it. I thought that was, and um, like just a sidewalk slam. The version of how they did it here was phenomenal. Uh, you know, and um, I also noticed whenever they did a wear down hold because they would get tired. And I know people don't like that, but guess what? Wrestlers that really do a lot of good work, they get tired yeah. and they have to kind of sit in there and do a wear down hold. But the entourage of Just Incredible would not only. Um, kind of, you know, it's not like they just slammed on the mat. They would goat the crowd and get the crowd pissed off because you know the crowd was going to chant, this is boring or something like that. So they would go to the crowd and be like, fuck you and all this stuff. And I was like, wow, that's, I, 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 don't, I don't recall that because you don't really see it because you're watching the match. You're totally into it. And they would do all these things to make sure the crowd wouldn't chant the things they didn't want them. They were more in control than you think, um, you know, and as Cus said, the Horikarana off, off the top into a table 
And then there was a tombstone from the second turnbuckle yes. to have Credible win, even with all the outside interference. I thought for an opening match, and I'm looking at all of this stuff just for what it is, not for what maybe it should have been or could have been in previous matches because this was their rubber match. I gave it a thumbs up. I thought it was a great opening match. And I, I think I have less bias because I don't, I haven't necessarily seen all their matches yeah. leading up to that. Yeah. And I was greatly intrigued by it. I give it a thumbs and up. Before Craig, I forgot there was a couple comments that Joey Styles made too that I wanted, that I forgot to it's mention. Hilarious. <laughs> when, when, uh, uh, Nicole Bass, uh, picks him up in a fireman's carry, he's, and he's like, fireman's carry. And he's all, Lewis, I didn't say firewoman. And then, uh, when he low blows, <laughs> yeah. Nicole Bass is like, right in the nuts. It's fucking great. Just stupid. Yeah. yeah. He did. He did. I don't yeah. care who you are. That hurts. Yeah. yeah. Shane Douglas. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I was going to go thumbs up. And I think I was convinced actually during this to, to go thumbs in the middle. Um, quick note, immediately you can tell the amount that they were sweating. Either the AC in the building was not working or they didn't God, pay yeah. for the AC. It was broken. So immediately they were just sweating like stuck pigs. And I think everyone for the rest they of the had, night they did They had it. to wear it down. Yeah. And I think they that affected the match too. Um, they, in the middle of a great feud, they worked well together. Um, I... I cursed Cuz's name in the open when uh, the ring entrances because I went, I squinted my eyes. I was like, is that uh, Nicole Bass? Damn it, Cuz. Like, I, do I really have to see Nicole Bass like in the, in the pay-per-view? And then the reason why I'm going to go thumbs in the middle here is to Jess's point of the outside interference. If you're going to dilute this great match between where you don't need any outside That's interference by having everyone involved – you don't who Jason just looked, you put it throughout the match, right? Yeah. You don't even like, and I don't know who chastity is and Nicole Bass is terrible. And then I thought that other guy was Marcus Alexander Bagwell for about half. Yeah. Match. <laughs> Jason. <laughs> Cause he's wearing the same silver cutoff. Uh, I, w- I was like, I was shirt. like, was that, was that like a thermal shirt that he greased down? And he started <laughs> to sweat through? But it could have been, like, it was good. Yeah. And I, I thought Jay, I thought Jerry Lynn was dead too. Uh, I didn't know whether he was selling it or he was really hurt after that. Um, what was Justin Incredible's? What was his finisher called? That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> I should have known that. Um, but he, he killed him off the second rope, and he had refs come out, and I didn't know what Jail was was selling, but he looked hurt. But it was it was good. But thumbs in the middle because all the guards. Now perched on the top turnbuckle, Jerrylin going up top. He got caught. And in, in the the note too, um, Shane Douglas. I don't remember if it was the opening match or the next match. He said it was scorching in the building. He made reference yeah, that it was you hot. Could tell they were yeah. in the building. Yeah. Yeah. They were they were really they were really sweating up. Bro. They they dropped a couple of pounds a piece for sure. So the uh, the next match was a uh, Lance Storm versus Chris Candido. Um, I will like I said read my notes. I'll hand it off to you guys. Uh, Sunny hadn't hit the wall yet, which was nice to see. Um, she looked great. Uh, she looked great. Uh, she would not look great later. Um, Candido was fucking Candido was fucking huge, man. Like, gee, from his skip at the body Donna days, Jesus Christ, he was gigantic here. Um, they're just fucking two great pro wrestlers. What can I say? I love Lance Storm, and uh, both guys did nice work. I summed it up quick. It was a major thumbs up for me. I fucking loved it. I loved watching these yeah. guys work. Nobody talks about well going back God to the damn. first match. Nobody talks about Jerry Lynn enough, and they should. But a lot of people yeah, need yeah. to start talking about Chris fucking Candido. Yes. He was awesome. Um, I loved him. He just never fit per se in the big two, and and I don't know if it, he was always big enough in the sense of size, but he was a short guy, you know. But uh, why somebody wouldn't put them in their cruiserweight division or something like that and make him the star, I don't know, is beyond me. But Paul Heyman always seemed to know what to wow. do with him. Uh, yeah. I love this match. Thumbs up. Go ahead, cuz. 
Yeah, thumbs up. Uh, fucking great match between two pros. I love Lance Storm too. You know, I know this is when he was getting shit for being a weak ass with chair shots, and you know, just just they called him boring and everything. But man, that guy can get it done in the ring. Um, Chris Candido, by the way, I would dare say that his fucking standing stalling suplex would make Bulldog proud because that he he did that more than just that time. But man, he he's just an impressive fucking athlete, man. And and yeah, I, I give the match a thumbs up. Great work from both guys. Uh. Man, that was a great stand. I'm gonna stick. Tell you, I'm gonna stick to my guns here. You guys are gonna hit my guts, but oh, here's what I will say. You know, like the the springboard into the stands was fucking cool. The superplex was also great. Uh, top row powerbomb was crazy, but also very dangerous. But the whole the whole entire time, I felt like they they had so many awkward moments. Um, they so many things were on the verge of dangerous and on the verge of uncomfortable and even to where I felt they did like they didn't mesh well with me. I would see moments where it should have been a huge move and it should have been clean. And it was, it just wasn't right. They just, it just, they didn't work well together for me. Um, and I'm saying this all with the, the spot with, with Tammy and the rep was absolutely oh, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, where, you know, the refs grabbing her like, what are you doing in here? And it pulls her top down and everything where I'm sure somewhere on YouTube, you can find her boobs before she exposed them five, six years later, whatever. Um, but I, I, I give it a thumbs. I give it a thumbs down. I, it was very uncomfortable. There were high spots, but I felt like they just, you know, Jess uses the term. They were like water in there, and I just, I just didn't feel that they weren't, they weren't water in there. And and I'm not trying to disparage Lance Storm at all because I think Lance is amazing, and Candido had his great moments, but I just, I just felt like it didn't, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't come together the way it should have, and I'm not sure why. But you saw a lot. If you go back and you watch it, you'll see a lot of WrestleBots in there. If you, not as bad as some WrestleBots you see now, because you can, you can just. You know, search Mongo and find a ton of it, but you know, sorry, Mongo, I'm an asshole, but you you botched a lot. But I saw a lot. You talk about Steve Mongo McMichael. You're saying he botched a lot? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go go check out that that Instagram post. But I'm just saying, like, there was a lot of moments where it just it wasn't clean. It, it didn't quite catch it the way they should have. And I don't know why I saw that, but that's what I saw based upon that that match at that moment. Craig, uh, thumbs up for me. I think a little too much sunny, although I, I did understand in retrospect What's wrong with that? the pop for her and her return. I didn't like the boob angle at the end. I thought it took away from the match. Um, and I would that it was, I thought it was, it was a bit silly part. to me, so uh, but Candido looked in the best shape I've ever seen him. And he should have changed his name to Chris Candido's anabolic steroids. You should have looked <laughs> correct, yeah. uh, but it looked good. Match, it, thumbs up. He was he was huge and you could see the bumps, couldn't you, Craig? He, he had the back knee, yeah. He had the back knee. He looked sure. amazing though, and he, he's good. Thumbs up. So yeah. before I move on to the next match, I would like to say that two things just happened in Dave's review. The first thing was 
that Dave apologized to Mongo McMichael, which you should not have to apologize for him being a terrible That's wrestler true. ever. Why, why the fuck? You apologize to right. him, but you are not going to apologize for Lance Storm and Chris Candido for giving them a fucking thumbs down, which is insanity. Uh, it's it's, it's a thumbs bad. in the middle you know. at the very least. Go back least. and watch it again. It's but bad. you're, you're, I did. I watched it like three times. So uh, yeah, anyway, you probably watch it more. You're than entitled that, to your, your like opinion, that. but you apologize to Mongo and that pretty much invalidates everything you said. Uh, so the next is Mike. Awesome. I just felt bad for calling him a piece of shit. He's a piece of shit. And, <laughs> he is though. But I won't is. apologize going but forward. You don't have to apologize to Mongo is my point. I just said uh, I, won't, I won't going forward. I just said that. The next match is Mike Awesome against uh, Masato Tanaka. Listen. Oh yeah. Okay. Jesus. These guys have had a lot of matches like together. Uh, uh, one of them we talked about before we started hitting record from the one night stand in 2005, which was just God damn it. Um, but I'll just, again, I'll just read my notes on this one. I'll, I'll never get used to those chair shots because I just will never. Um, Cause they're insane. Mike Austin almost died when he took the power bomb over the top rope. When at the very end, when Tanaka powerbombed him over the top rope, Mike Awesome barely curled his head enough or he would have spiked himself Oof. right on the top of the head. It was insane. And he's a big boy. Don't get me wrong. Uh, yeah. Tanaka's short and Mike Awesome is like fucking legit, like a 320 pound monster. And uh, that was amazing strength. But God, uh, Tanaka is so good and he's one of my favorites and he always has been. He just never was anything on any of the main shows because he just wrestled a different style and he was always kind of more fit for a stiff style in Japan or here in ECW. Um, I give the match a thumbs up because what do you say? I, I don't want to say any more about it because sweet Lord, these guys just wore each other out just thoroughly. Um, it was fantastic. Go ahead. Uh, let's go to Dave, huh? Absolutely. My first notes on Mike Austin was um, he's quite agile for what they build him as a 295 pound man. Um, he was might have been Brock Lesnar before there was a Brock Lesnar at that moment. The moves he's pulling off in here are quite impressive for a man of his size. Uh, quite, it, It's quite amazing. And then I have this one note. It's like chair swords? Question mark. They're literally doing sword duel with, with chairs at one moment. Um, and I, I also have another question. Did the front like five rows in ECW have to sign waivers? Cause I swear to God, <laughs> these guys put the crowd every in danger. Time. Yeah. Oh every my God. fucking time, like every, every match five minutes. Right. Um, there's even a moment where, um, God, I can't even remember. If it was, it doesn't matter if it was Tanaka or Austin that takes it, but I think, I think it was, I think it was Tanaka. Like Mike Austin hits him so yeah it is Mike it is, he hits him so hard with the chair Mike Austin does that the chair is pushed inside out um, and we're not even like fifteen minutes into a, or not even ten minutes into a fifteen minute match and he kicks out you're like what the fuck he he hit him so hard with the chair that the chair is now puncturing up the other direction and he still kicks out absolutely brutal um, the awesome bomb that's in, you know the running awesome bomb is absolutely fantastic tornado DDT. For Tanaka to win, it's an extreme thumbs up. I don't even know why we have to talk about it. Uh, it's it's obvious. Um, and I, my understanding is this is probably not even their best match. Correct? Am I wrong? No. Cuz or Craig? No. Not not even their best match. They've had so many matches. Uh, they, they've had matches in FMW. They've had in, you know a bunch of times in ECW, the WWE version, One Night Stand. Um, they have so many great matches. And, and they have another one, I believe, at um, Anarchy Rules. 
I think that's the one when Taz left to go to WWE. Well, it was a triple threat match, but then Taz got pinned quickly. And then it was left to those two to just fucking tear the house down again. Um, but this match, I still I give it a thumbs up. Even though it's still not one of their best matches, it's still a fucking great match. Mike Awesome, like you said, I agree. The, the Brock Lesnar reference. Um, but man, he was so agile. That fucking springboard out into the crowd. Um, just the way he moved, man. He looks so natural. Like when he every time he would get on top rope, yeah. I think even Joey Styles says like, doesn't he look like a natural just getting up there on the you know flying off the top rope? He shouldn't be at three hundred pounds. Damn, he shouldn't man. be so fucking good. Those chair shots were brutal, but the fucking power bomb to Mike Awesome from Masato Tanaka when he threw when he power bombed him to the outside of the ring. Yeah, the under the table. God damn That's, it! Man. He almost died. I, yeah. I I thought I thought Mike Awesome was going to spike on the top Dude, of his head. Yeah, it was fu- it, it, and he got his chin curled at the last minute. Yes. I was like, oh my god! Like, oh my god! And he was, dude, yeah, he's uh, fucking and, nuts. Like, I I love Mike Awesome, man. I I, I love I loved seeing his shit in Japan. Uh, they called him the Gladiator out there. Um, Masato Tanaka, same thing. All of his stuff in Japan. So it's just like, goddamn, man. What can you say? The, yeah, you can say gone too, gone too soon. Heavily underused. Uh, who knows what could happen at the top level? And they did later in late '99, early 2000, somewhere around that. I could be slightly off by a couple months. They actually put the belt on Mike Awesome. He was ECW champion for a while. That was the match that he won when it was uh, triple threat. Yeah, when Taz Tanaka. left or yep. whatever. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was yeah so they, they there was more mileage up than him, and he I, I probably will say it about most of the people on this card. You know, I say a lot of people don't talk about Chris Candido enough. A lot of people don't talk about Jerry Lynn anymore. Definitely a lot of people should be talking about Mike Awesome. Yeah. He did a lot of yeah, cool yeah. stuff, a lot of cool stuff in there. Craig, what do you think? Yeah, this is when the pay-per-view really started. As they say, business oh, yeah. started to pick up. It was fantastic. Um, uh, oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, so... Business started to be picking up um, at, at this point. It was fantastic. It is uncomfortable uh, in 2020 seeing those chair shots. And I remember Mike Awesome and watching his matches in WCW. And whenever I would see him, I would never thought he was a guy that took uh, anything to the amount that he gave others. And I fully got suckered into thinking that Tanaka was the one that was going to take the power bomb from the inside outside. And they teased it twice with him, with Mike Awesome getting Tanaka up. And it turns out that Tanaka's the one that picked up Awesome and did it. And so props to Awesome and, and much respect for uh, for taking as much as he was giving, whether it came to the chairs or the power bombs here. But yeah, it was uncomfortable. If you go back and look at this, just for that spot alone, it's... You leave your seat, and he almost died, and an inch, and he certainly could have. But, man, they beat the snot out of each other. It was fantastic. It really was. Thumbs up. It was it was fantastic. So, thumbs up all the way around. So, now we're going to go to the ECW Tag Team Championship match, where the champions, Sabu and RVD, took on, um, I'm going to say Hakushi, because that's how I know him from WWF. Hakushi. Um, and uh, Hayabusa, which... Um, if people don't know who Hayabusa is, he's yes, another one that's a tape trading darling. And uh, he he created a lot of stuff. Correct me if I'm yes. wrong, cuz, but he made the Falcon. He created the Falcon Arrow. Yep, he did. Um, the the finishing move that Neville does. It was called the Firebird. Uh, what uh, is it called? The Firebird something uh, with Hayabusa? Phoenix, the Phoenix Press or the Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix Press. Yeah, Phoenix Press or so. I don't know. Firebird. I'm I just making shit up no, at this point. Um but no, he had something like that. He, the one that Neville did, that impressive finisher that Neville does, yep. that's Hayabusa's yep. move. He created that. And like I said, he made the Falcon Arrow, which was Bob Hawley's finishing move for a while. Yes. Um, so we've seen that. He he invented a lot of different movement in there. So the Hayabusa legend is kind of like 50-50 in an odd way. Some wrestling purists don't like him. 
Other wrestling purists think that uh, that you were kind of looking in a mirror in like the early to mid 90s of how wrestling is now. And it kind of does. When you look back, there is a connect the dot thing going on. And I'll get into it a little bit in the match. But um, he's extraordinary. And uh, he he did flub here and there. He did botch. It wasn't uncommon for him to botch in, in, in many of his matches. And I don't mean that that he was unsafe. Because I don't mean that at all. I mean that he was constantly trying to figure out new movements, new angles, and different ways to do things. Kind of like when you would play with G.I. Joe figures when you were a kid and you would do some odd move, you know? He really wanted to learn to do that with his body and be like, he would think about it and then be like, I'm going to try that shit and talk to someone and see if they'll want me to do it or they'll go with me on that. Um, he was he was great. Uh, he's one of the pioneers of the, the style of wrestling that That's we know. Right now, yeah. And this yeah, match- just to your point, when when you're ahead of your time, you might have a little bit of a flub, maybe not so much a botch, but that that's that's where we're at. You you could see that in him. He he was ahead of his time, yeah. Yes, and right. Hakushi was in this too. These four guys, it's ironic that they're in it because I think some of the problems, and I'll go right into my notes. All four wrestlers wrestled a similar style, which yeah. may have caused some of the botches. Yes. And I think, and I I don't mean that in a rude way. I think that that makes total sense because. We tell, we've had oil and water episodes in the past, and I think, like, with comparison to my mind, uh, Mr. Perfect and Shawn Michaels, you look at them on paper and you're like, that's got to steal the show every time. But every time sure. I saw them, I was semi-underwhelmed. Not They weren't terrible, but it was just like they were too similar in what they did with each other. And uh, I think that it was similar with these four. Um, I, I, I Some spots were amazing. And looking back, it was a glimpse into the future of wrestling. You just didn't really know what you were looking at here. Um, some spots were terrible. Um, and I'm going to tell, uh, uh, and what I mean by that is they just, you could tell all four had the best intentions and it fell off the rails a little bit in some spots. And I'm going to tell a story uh, that involves Craig. So we were in drama in high school and we had a, our Mr. Duke was our drama director. And Craig and I were Tweedledee and Tweedledum in the play Alice in Wonderland. So Craig and I have loved wrestling for a long time. So one of the things was we did the dialogue with Tweedledee and Tweedledum and we were stuffed in fat suits. And uh, one of the things that we improved was uh, Craig pushed me down and then splashed me kind of like King Kong Bundy used to. So so we did it and because we were looking for something, some kind of spark, some kind of like, okay, you know, Tweedledee and Tweedledum are funny. We're goofy. We're stuffed in fat suits and people, you know, knew oh, Craig and Jess are the goofy guys. You know, they'll make us laugh. So like, we're like, okay, we got to like take it up a notch. So we did it one day. We didn't tell Mr. Duke. We didn't tell anybody. We did it during, uh, I, I want to say it was one of the, live rehearsals where we had like an English class come in or something like that. It wasn't an actual performance. It was getting close to a live performance. So Craig did it, pushed me down. He splashed the shit out of me. I mean, I, he jumped so high yeah. that I, he eclipsed the lights and then came down and splashed me. I remember spit flying out of my mouth because he hit me so hard and caught me off guard. Fantastic. And so we both stood up and we had lines to deliver and we both started fucking laughing and we made uh, Gabby, who was playing Alice, uh, we made her laugh too. So, but the crowd was going nuts. People were laughing. They were fucking, oh man, you could tell the crowd was eating it up. So we get off and then after every performance, Mr. Duke would give us notes and we were thinking like, he's going to be like, oh man, you guys are on to something or whatever. So he taught us a big lesson. He, his note said, guys. It looked like you had fun up there. And I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember the exact thing. This is like back in fucking what, 1993, 94. Um, He's like, guys, you look like you're having fun out there. But if you can't handle the bit and the bit is bigger than you, then you cannot do it. 
And we were, the wind was taken out of our sails. We're like, I, I, I am shocked that he gave us that note right now. It was negative. It was not, he was not laughing. He was not smiling. And we learned from that. So we did still do the spot, but we learned like Craig didn't jump as high. We knew we could get probably just the same reaction without doing it so much that we busted ourselves up. And I apply that to here. And I know that's a long-winded story too, because it's performance. And these guys were probably like, I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to do this. I've been working on this. I've been working on that. But this is a pay-per-view. Even though it's the number three company, You, if you can't handle the bit and you're not comfortable with it, you probably shouldn't do it. And I remember thinking that glaringly on some of these spots here. Having said that, I gave it a thumbs up because looking back, we were looking at the future and we didn't even know it. You look at somebody like RVD. You look at people oh. now like Neville, uh, Sami Zayn, um, uh, Daniel Bryan, all of these guys like came from this style of wrestling. They liked this style of wrestling. RVD being a big one. Um, one of my favorites in ECW. I loved RVD from the second I saw him and he wrestled yeah, this style of wrestling. They were, I've never been a big fan of Sabu. And I know that's probably sinful to say. I think Sabu is a little, I agree he, with that. he botches a lot and I've never yeah. got Sabu. However, when I apply what I just said to this, I can understand how a lot of people like Sabu. So I was doing a lot of research before we did this pay-per-view and some uh, wrestler, I don't even remember his name, shot on Sabu and said, you know why a lot of people like Sabu? Because when a casual fan sees him, not just the scars, but they see him flub a little bit, but he'll still do something crazy. And they're just like, this is real. Yeah. This is real because when you see something super choreographed and it looks really choreographed, you're like, oh, that was super athletic, but that was fake. They're choreographed. They're in on it. But when you see Sabu set up a chair and use it to jump off on somebody and he kind of fucks up the first time and then goes back and does it again and then jumps over the top rope and lands on his head, you're like, that was fucking real. Like, he really, nobody knew what was happening. So I give it a thumbs up. I know that's a long winded. I'm sorry. Nope. Um, I just had a lot to say about this match because. Back here, I don't think I appreciated it. I remember seeing this match for the first time back here um, and being like, God, they botched everywhere. And I kind of didn't like it. And I loved RVD even back here. I loved Hayabusa even back here. I knew who Hakushi yeah. was um, from his WWF days. And of course, I knew who Sabu was because he was on every magazine. Uh, but uh, that's my thing. I do give it a thumbs up looking back with my 2020 goggles because so many wrestlers pattern themselves after these guys, especially Hayabusa, who did a lot of shit for this sport, and a lot of people don't give him credit. Go ahead, cuz. I'll let you take it, because I know you're passionate about Hayabusa. Introducing the challengers from Yasushiro, Japan, weighing in tonight at 200 and 21 pounds, this is Hayabusa! And his partner from Tokushima City in Japan, weighing at 232 pounds, Jinsei Shinseki! Introducing the manager of champions, the man that calls it right down the middle, Mr. Bill Alfonso. ECW World Heavyweight Champion, the current ECW World Tag Team Champion, 
from Bombay, Michigan, weighing in at 222 pounds, is suicidal, homicidal, genocidal. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sabu. World Television Champion. Also the current ECW World Tag Team Champion. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Monday Night, Rob Van Dam. Yes, I love how you do this, man. And it's funny, actually, since we were just talking about Masato Tanaka, um, obviously FMW is a big part of Hayabusa, Hayabusa's history. You know, a lot, lot of great battles there. Um, I, I I bought a bunch of tapes. Was it RF Video, right? That that's the website. Yes. Yeah. I bought, yep. They come in the blue fucking generic case, and that that's <laughs> where I started watching Hayabusa, man. And and uh, uh, since we were talking about Masato Tanaka, that's actually that was actually Hayabusa's last match in FMW, and he actually won he won that match. So there's a lot of history there in ECW with FMW and everything, um, whether people know it or and not. And he crippled himself with the 2001. He crippled himself. Yes. He yeah, did the same moon salt that Jericho does the running line, the lion salt. He did it and he fucking slipped on the middle rope and God damn it. It's still one of the most brutal fucking botches. You'll Spiked ever right see. on his head. It, it's, it's hard his, to watch. Yeah. It, it's really hard to watch and it sucks that that happened, man. 2001. That's, that's when it happened. Paralyzed. Can, yep. Yeah. Paralyzed, retired after that. He was a, you know, he fucking sang, he was an actor and all this shit. But, um, yeah, man, fucking every time when I think of Heat Wave 98 and, and that's one of the reasons why I did it or wanted to talk about this this uh, card is because every time the, the first image that pops in my head is all four of these guys standing in the ring because this actually was my favorite match of the card, um, even though, yes, there, there is a lot of botches and stuff that I actually didn't realize, you know, how, how much flubbing was going on until watching it again. I'm like, God, there, there's way more flubs than I than I actually remembered um, from watching it so much before in the past. But uh, God damn it, man, all, all four guys, just just with all four guys involved in general. And, and like you said, Jess, I think it's just all these guys working the similar style. It's like they all wanted to kind of do the same type of thing in the same spot or whatever. So that's probably where like that that styles clashed in a sense. But dude, what about the promo in the beginning or before this RVD? No, Sabu. Was, yeah, that was RVD where he's like, dude, Hayabusa and Hakushi. Oh, sorry. Like, Hakushi. He kept saying it like sneezing. <laughs> it was so fucking yeah. Crazy. RVD's fucking awesome. I, I love fucking RVD. I've loved RVD. Yeah, yeah. For some yeah. Of ECW guy, but, but yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, to cut to his point, the, the promo means everything. Yes. Because not only is he, he making fun of, of Hayakushi at the time, but the entire time, Sabu's like wanting to fight him. Like, he wants to fight RVD throughout the Well, they match, feuded. The they promo. feuded before that. Yeah. They feuded before no. that, and they ended up becoming a, a reckless team. So they were kind of, yeah. the whole storyline was them being forced together by Alfonso. And or Fonzie, yeah, and, and, that, and that's fine. But RVD's reactions to everything, he's <laughs> oh, like, RVD's easy, fucking easy, great, dude, dude. Easy, because it's like it's all going back to his four twenty days. It's like it's fine, but you, but you know who's better, and it's me. So oh, I love, dude. That's that's one of the reasons why he I would love just Robbie. throw that shit in there. And like I was like, God damn it, RVD's fucking great. He's amazing. And even even in the beginning of the match, he's like yell. Sabu's yelling at RVD, I will fuck you up. <laughs> like, like the entire time, they're about to have a oh, title match against. Against these guys. And then you have a total, you have all these great double teams with Kushi and Hayabusa, um, which were not flubs, by the way. There were flubs in the match. Great spots. But I, I have to tell you, um, 
they they did a great job. I give it a thumbs up. I have one question: Is is Hakushi's tat- tattoos real? No. They they were really too shiny, weren't they? they yeah, and I think uh, like in WWE they would smear off. Like I yeah, think. I, yeah. They after didn't come long off matches, yeah. yeah. No, this one they didn't. But man, no. And then even those two, yeah, like. I, I, Okay. I feel bad that I haven't done that much re- research on, on Hakushi, but because he he's amazing as well. But I was like, that shit can't be real. That's that's incredible. Like, yeah, <laughs> you really devoted your time to and crafts. So I was curious. Hayabusa, about that, man, so. God damn it! Like how like just just yeah, seeing him come amazing. off the top rope every time, or just or when he did that like fake teaser when Sabu rolled outside and he just kind of like stood there and then he did his little moonsault in the air and then fucking landed on his feet to kind of like taunt Sabu. That shit, man, it just showed you how much of a natural and how I loved when Fonzie, that little piece of shit, would always like slip in there and then boop, you would see a chair come in and it's fucking Fonzie handing one of them a chair. I loved it. I loved you to always do that with RVD in his matches. Yes. I fucking loved it. Like, yeah, it was great. Like, the cameras never focus on him and I just see a chair coming. I'm like, motherfucking Fonzie. Like, just like a chair would just come in out of the shot. You son of a bitch. Like, Jesus. What you mentioned about uh, Sabu, too, about like the way how how people were like, oh, yeah, it looked real. Like, you know, he would flub, but then do some crazy shit. I don't know who it was, but uh, someone said, yeah, like when you, I forgot who it was when they said they got, it may have even been Sabu, but when they trained with the Iron Sheik, or the original Sheik, the original Sheik, like they never told me, you know, to watch out for your opponent, take care of your opponent. You know, it was just kind of like you went in there and then they started beating on you and you're like, what, so this is real? Like, what are we doing? Like, so I think it's just that style and that training that he got. I think that's, you know, probably the main reason why he I want to say I know that the well. the original Sheik trained Sabu. I know that. I think, and I think it was Sabu who was interviewed. Yeah, that, that RVD might have been trained by him. Yes. I got. I don't remember. I can't remember or partial or something he like that. Bit, but yeah, it was Sabu did. mainly. Yeah, that's why they were friends. But yeah. But uh, what was your rating, Dave? Sorry. Oh, it's a thumbs up all the way. Sorry, uh, Craigie Poo. Yeah, thumbs up all the way. It was almost a thumbs down because I don't think what we're not talking about is the biggest. Um, the worst thing about ECW in oh, I fucking forgot. that fucking whistle, whistle? and Bill yes. Alfonso. Yeah. <laughs> and I, for years, and they never fucking was, understood yeah. that not only the crowd are you bothering, it's every single person watching at home. And it single-handedly <laughs> for 20 years. almost turned me on this match, which story be damned, there's no story. Psychology be damned, there's no psychology. It's just four guys at the top of their game each one of them getting their shit in just putting and putting out. To, and it Put builds out. so much and it doesn't matter that the uh, the table breaks on like two of the spots and they flub quite a bit and it doesn't matter because it builds and builds and builds and it ends beautifully and it's just it's they just work really hard and and and, and but the fucking whistle of Bill Alfonso that permeates <laughs> my whistle, ear man. That whistle, yeah. if, if, if the match Well, quality, not, not only that, every every time there was a possible three count, he jumped well, in the ring. Like, you know when the finish is coming. I was going to say, if, if, if the match quality was something that would get a thumbs in the middle, and, and during the quiet spots, you just heard that, it would automatically just give the match a thumbs down. Yeah. Because it would just be yeah. that hard. They never learned it either. I don't think he ever stopped you with that stupid no. whistle. Nope. So... What what was his deal? Did, did like Paul Heyman feel sorry for a meth addict? He used to be he used to be a ref. <laughs> yeah, he, was a he was a ref for them. Yeah, he was a ref in WWF and, and in WCW. I think too. He was everywhere. Yeah. Did Paul yeah, Heyman feel sorry for a meth addict? He developed a habit, and Heyman gave him a break. Is what you're telling me? I don't know about even that. I think I don't know how hey, he joined my, my, with RBD. My teeth are far from perfect, but that's a fucking right. meth head. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know how he became a manager. I don't even know how he got linked with RVD. But the Good whole time, God. right? I think RVD picked him up pretty shortly yeah. after, and he was RVD's manager the entire time. Just you, you wow. need to watch uh, him versus Bill McGillicuddy, that fucking bloody match. 
<laughs> oh yeah, they're bleeding like crazy. Yeah, yes. that was nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So but yeah, no, this up. is a great Fantastic. this is a uh, some people I was reading a lot of comments of this match on the line. Some people gave it a thumbs down because like I said, wrestling purists were like, what in the fuck did we just watch? And again, if you were used to that and, and you were used to that kind of psychology style wrestling, this had none of it. And so no. I understand how people at this time. And I think now we do bitch a little bit sometimes when there's no psychology, Jim Cornette would probably shit his pants when he saw this match, not in a good way. Um, but yeah, it's like, so but the other half, back in the day, back in 1998, gave it a resounding thumbs up. So you had to immediately, the results even back here, were like a violent fuck this match or a violent like, that's insane. That's awesome. They're innovative. They're changing the sport. It was such a, this match represented so much. It's, it was weird. And and I'm sure they had so other matches and other promotions for pepper, sure. Just. Yeah. Yeah, just, it was. And I it, hate it, Dr. It, pepper. It, <laughs> yeah, it's one or the other. It's not like it's okay. It's like fuck Dr. Pepper. Like that shit's delicious. No logic behind right. Dr. Pepper. Yeah, yeah. That's true. So the next and, one. And, uh, and either way, you shit your pants when you drink it. To just correct, point, good or bad. Yeah, correct. Uh, yeah. The next match is Taz versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Yes. Uh, who had God a long damn. feud. The 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 fuck the world championship was on the line here, which <laughs> which means nothing. Which means nothing. Um, but it was Taz's oh. championship, like, because he created it because he felt Douglas was dodging him. So he's like, Uncrowned fuck the world. Champion. I fucking, I'm gonna make my own champion. Um, my notes were Bam Bam looked great. Oh, I don't, yeah. he looks slim to me yes. and yeah, I don't ever does. remember, like, there's no, he looked great. And, uh, I love Bam Bam. Like what a great big man. Uh, uh somebody who also was not celebrated as much as he should be. Um, what I put also, what a difference in the atmosphere for Taz here versus the WWF God a year and a half right. later. G, I mean, they, Paul Heyman fucking made him and, and yeah. Taz rode with it. And Taz, you know, Taz literally used to dress like the Tasmanian devil. I'm not kidding you. He put little makeup around his eyes. He had a fro, little fro hair and he wore like a, a Tasmanian kind of singlet with like little ruffles on it or yes. whatever. Like yeah, it, it wouldn't am- to have the, to have the top of the Tasmanian devil on, you know, cartoons and shit. Yeah. yeah, and and so like it's crazy to see what he was here. Taz wore this fucking gimmick here. Um, I put this was a great match. These guys always fucking worked well together. Um, their little thing where they did they went through the ring on the first match. The first match was also awesome, and then this yeah. one they went through the rampway. That was incredible. Um, you didn't see it coming. You truly didn't. And uh, uh, I gave it a thumbs up. What else do I say? These guys were great in here. Uh, I and I, I love Bam Bam. So of course, like I just I knew it was going to be good because I've seen it a lot of times this match, and it's always good but I was like, man, like, I love this match. I just love their chemistry together. Bam Bam's chemistry with RVD as well in a couple of oh, their matches yeah. were excellent as well. I love the RVD and Bam Bam matches. Um, so uh, I give it a thumbs up. Uh, Craig, what do you say? Yeah, uh, thumbs up. And by the way, it was a false count anywhere match. They did a, yeah. uh, a lot of yeah. damage outside. Bam Bam threw a guardrail right at his Oh, hand. thank you. for uh, Thank you. I forgot about um, that. Sorry. People, people died, I'm sure. And, and I, what's interesting about that, we said it in the first match, like the first five rows people, the interesting difference between this arena and ECW arena is that the chairs are all tied together, like proper stadium seating or arena seating. So when you take a chair out, you're taking a row of four together. That 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 seemed to almost get in the way in a lot of like spots, kind of this. And even with this match too, you're taking out a big row of, of, of chairs and Bam Bam slipped on some beer and there were some awkward moments. But, and I'll say this, I don't like Taz. I've never liked Taz. I've always, in fact, hated him. Um, but he I, understand, I get that. I understand he, that he he impressed me in this match uh, a lot, and it, it made both of them. And and one last little joke, like I always, I, I, I'm I'm a bit dyslexic, so I, I thought it was a TFW championship, the face win championship. 
<laughs> that's a stupid. That's a stupid joke, but that's it. Uh, but a thumbs up. It, it was good. It was. I mean, this this pay per view. Even if you're not, I was not a huge ECW fan, but to to look back 22 years later, I am enjoying the shit out of this pay per view at this point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Dave, go ahead. Cause, go ahead, Dave. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Which one? Yeah. I see. Uh, Receipt. Remember Asbury Park. The T-bone. The T-bone. No, I'll throw Dave, cut, cut, since Cuz the ECW expert, I know he likes Taz a lot too. Cuz will be the main sure. event of this match. Well, one, one, one thing I'll tell you guys is that I, I think um, Bam Bam in general doesn't get enough credit for what he is and what he's capable of doing. Fucking all um, men. What is he, Dave? Yeah, like, well, I'll give you an example, and this is really dumb, but <laughs> when we were when we were kids, like in the sixth grade, well before 98... Bam Bam was in was in like a WWF video game doing cartwheels and shit. He was that he was that renowned then of a big man doing things that would push other big men to push that envelope of what big things can do. You can argue Mike Awesome is nothing without Bam Bam because Mike Awesome would have been told years ago, "You're too big, you can't do that." You know, Bam Bam would push people like, uh, gosh, I mean, you know. <laughs> I can't, I, I, there's so many I can't even think of right now. But That's right, was he? You know, was it WrestleMania Nintendo? He was one of only six guys on. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, he he was chosen along with Andre and Hulk and others to to do that to be in that video game. You know, you can argue that Brock Lesnar couldn't do the things he could do. You know, you know, <laughs> off the top rope or, you know, shooting star press is that obviously wasn't good for him in one match, but he could do those things. You can argue that. These big men, uh, Vader is another example. I know, I know it's about the same time frame, but those kind of big men doing what they can do, you know, it cha- it changes the wrestling world whether you like it or not. So, I mean, my, my whole thing's based on Bam Bam. I, I we all know the history of Taz. I know that I don't want to take that from Cuz because he's really gonna tell us what's up there. So, but I give it a thumbs up. I I think that these guys were fantastic in the ring together, and I think Bam Bam made a lot of people where he doesn't get any kind of credit because he is that heel. Bam Bam is absolutely incredible. Uh, and, and with these guys in their meshing, I give it a thumbs up all the way. Cause get us into the details. But before you say it, cause, cause I want sure. cause to close this match out. So I, you brought up so many good points. Um, Bam, yeah. Bam Bam. What people don't realize here in 98 was around back in fucking 1986 and seven in the WWF. What, yeah. And he was yeah. around before that even longer. But I mean, like he was a lot of people don't know. He was in the major discussion to win the tournament at WrestleMania four. And they ended up going with Savage as they should. But I mean, like Bam Bam was really, really over back then. This is 1987. Then he yeah. Then he goes to WCW for a bit. He comes back for another stint in WWF headlines, WrestleMania 11 with Lawrence Taylor carries Lawrence Taylor to a passable match. So when you get at the stage in the career that Bam Bam is here in 1998 in a third rate promotion, I do not mean that as a shitty thing. I just mean that it's the truth, right? 
so many of the legends and Bigelow was a veteran slash legend at this point could have phoned it in, but he said, I am fucking going to molt in with the culture of ECW and I'm going to fucking go at it with Taz. One of the young homegrown ECW stars that Paul Heyman really put a lot of fucking effort into. Uh, that's why I love Bigelow even more. So I'm glad Dave brought that up that he was back in that video game years and years ago in like the, early, the late eighties, because God damn it, Bigelow, like you can't say enough about that, man. So anyway, cause go ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean to derail. I just, God damn it. Like Bigelow had been around for a long time, even up here to 98. And he would still, after this go to WCW for like two more years after. Well, there's another great video game that he's on that a lot of people don't talk about. It's a uh, WrestleMania arcade on PC. And he's in that one too. Um, Bam Bam, you can literally put him like we can do another underrated episode, uh, underrated wrestler episode. Yeah, He'll be on that. One. You can put ahead of he their time, be. and he can be in that yep. as well. Um, greatest to never win the the fucking WWE championship. That's another one. We greatest had that, big man. We had that show too. It's that all those greatest in big the archives. How's Bam Bam go. not fucking? How is he not in any of those? And, and then We're it's terrible. yeah, exactly. And then and then, <laughs> and then, it's, <laughs> and then it speaks like I said, all the talent in the triple threat. Uh, uh, faction of all the members that have been switched out bam bam like that he's no exception man like that talent that that talent of of people or that group of of talent that were in that group bam bam is just a perfect example of of how great um uh, how great that faction was of all the great talent that they had and then his matches with like you mentioned earlier just uh, rvd and then these matches that he had with taz the one before that was when they broke through the ring and uh, yeah. uh bam bam won that one um, this one, I, I felt like it was just as good. Thumbs up, Taz. I think Paul Heyman said it best in the uh, Rise and Fall of ECW. He's, I, I think he mentioned um, Taz was the guy that brought you that big fight feel, that UFC style. Mm. And that's how I always felt about Taz. Taz, like when I, when I was younger watching it here, Taz made me like legit feel like that guy's fucking scary. That yeah. guy is going to okay. beat the shit out of everybody. This guy, and especially, and he adds to it. I know anyone could like, like you know, they like they say like oh, with like music or, or comedians or whatever. Oh, you have to cuss to to get your point. But Taz, when he said it, it even made it more. It kind of like it, it like exemplified that even more or emphasis that more that his badass, his his style, that aura he brought with him. Like when he would say "fuck you, dude," and "fuck the world." Like just the way he talked, the way he carried himself, you believed he was a legit threat and he was a legit fighter. This match was great. Thumbs up all the way. I I love Taz here. Um, it sucks. What happened to him in WWE? I fucking hate. I hate them so much for for how they treated him. But then again, when he got to WWE, I mean, look look look, look what he looked like standing up to Triple H, dude. Like he looked like a midget. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But here, yeah. goddamn it, Paul Heyman. Just you said it. Paul Heyman did it fucking good. Um, this whole story with uh, franchise, like that was the whole thing. Like you want me, Taz? You got to get through Bam Bam first, and and that whole thing where Taz lost <laughs> when when ta- when Bam Bam tapped out, and he was reaching for the robes. Douglas yeah, fucking, fucking lost right. his yeah, shit. Like it was so fucking. And then he slammed his fucking he's, fist on the. Did he, he throw the monitor, monitor off, off the table? Yeah. He's, he's reaching for the fucking robes. Like yeah, he threw the monitor off. <laughs> and Jesus Christ. That's that's a good point because on Taz is like I never I don't know why I never liked him but the fact that they everyone he was doing the MMA big fight little scary reality feel yeah. Kimura's and arm bars before Lesnar and Triple H stole it and everyone else was kind of doing it and Undertaker like the he was the first one to do it if you know, I, you know, if you know who else wrong. fucking did it that no one ever talks about because no one probably knows about it before he came to WWE Santino Marilla was the same character and he was badass because he's a no legit shit. martial artist. Yes. Yeah. Really? Yes. You can look up videos and he was a badass. Like he was a little, little MMA like looking dude like Taz and he was a fucking legit badass because he legit knows how he knows martial arts too. 
So he well now I now, I, now I feel too I feel two legacy episodes coming on Santino Marilla and <laughs> legacy of Santino Marilla. There you go. And fucking Steve Mongo McMichael. Thumbs up on this match though. By the way. No, fuck off. <laughs> fuck you. Don't even joke about that. I, the Mongo I episode is happening. This shit. Sorry, it's happening. I will quit this right now. Fans, everyone, yeah, Dave, right the Mongo demand. the Mongo gears are in motion. You cannot yeah. stop this it's train. It's gonna be live. We're gonna review every single match he ever had on TV. Yes. We're gonna start. Yeah, fans demand it. Damn you, thoroughly. fucking whoever created what will what will Mongo do next? Co- comment on all on all these episodes that you want a Mongo episode, and keep doing it until you get your Mongo episode. That's my advice. And when when we do, <laughs> when we do our first ever annual. OWP Hall of Fame, where we induct our Hall of Fame wrestlers. <laughs> Mongo is number one. The first fucking insert into that. Fuck Hall yes. of Fame. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Him. I'll tell you what, asshole. If you can get five thousand replies saying Mongo goes into the OWP Hall of Fame, I will. I will drink my own piss. All right. And I don't. Oh, Jesus five, Christ! Five. You get five. Five. Out of my shoe. Out of your shoe, absolutely. It. it will it. never happen. It's going to happen, and we shake on it. And since you didn't, you know, you know how many bears you, you have to get enough listeners. One, since, that's the biggest problem. Since and you, two, <laughs> you got to have people that really care about Mongo. So you want to do that's that? Not you want to do that bet? Yeah, right, cool. Shake hands. As long as it's my own piss, I don't care. So guess what? And what are we talking about? That's official bet. You didn't put a timeline on it. That means two years from now, when we finally get five thousand hits on it, I'm gonna be like, Dave, you never put a timeline on it. Piss drinker fans, now come to the podcast. And I'm not yep. going out on a limb when I say that Mongo McMichaels might be in a position where I could offer him a hundred bucks and he'll come on the podcast. I'm just saying, I don't know. I don't know if he's truly down and out right now, but I've seen yeah. recent pictures of Mongo and he's a bit bloaty. If you know what I'm talking about. Like, we'll just, we'll pay for a cameo where he's like, have fun drinking your piss, baby. Me and Pepper three. What did you say? Good luck. I'm drinking yeah. your urine, baby. You wouldn't even a hundred bucks. You just, just need a case yeah, of beer. Be good to go. It's an awkward sound bite we captured from him. Dave had fun drinking your urine, baby. And it just cuts oh. out. It's like, Sorry. Fuck. Before before we get into the last match. <laughs> now, you know, you know, you know, it's not the rails when Cuz is trying to bring us back on track. I know Cuz is like, can you guys fucking calm down? Let me talk about Cuz again. Stream Cuz <laughs> wrestling. That's what it's all about. Um, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. the only reason I, I, because I, I just remembered because it has something to do with the end of the match. Um, we we didn't bring up the uh, the the little uh, parking lot brawl because it ties into the end of the. the oh, last that's match. right. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Oh, the goddamn yeah, uh, the murderer of the, yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> the murderer. toaster guy, the guy that gutted yeah. that fat new dude, jack, bladed him <laughs> and, and made him drip gravy all over the ring. Mass transit. <laughs> <sighs> I. Th- I uh, anyway, I will get in yeah. second so, yeah, correct. As soon as I saw New Jack, that was the first thing I thought of. By the way, when I saw that him did. in the parking lot, I was like, "Oh, you son of a bitch!" New Jack will definitely take a hundred bucks to be in our podcast. I have a feeling. Dude, dude, I will not say a negative said. word against that man, and not, no. none of you. Yeah, and then I'll he'll murder. The and he'll murder me in the same. I will. He doesn't know my address. He'll, he'll take my he'll take my money and probably stab me. So uh, the main event is the Dudley Boys, and by Dudley Boys I mean the three: Devon, Bubba, and Big Dick Dudley. Get it? Uh, against Dreamer, Tommy Dreamer, Spike Dudley, and the Sandman. So I'll, again, I'll just go through my notes because I'd rather hear your guys' opinions anyway. Uh, good God, the opening shtick was way too long is what I put, because fucking A, that was way too long of an opening promo for that match. I get they had to kind of calm down a little bit from Taz and Bigelow in the tag match before that, but sweet Lord, that was way too long. And I do like uh, Joel, but uh, it was way too long. Um, so crazy to think about what Bubba and Devon would become. I mean, really, yes. look at Bubba's shape like back here. Jesus Christ, he's like massive, he's a big boy. A good way. But um, 
you saw yeah. the stuff in Bubba, like the way he would move in the ring, the way he would stop and stare God, after so he would good. do a good move. Bubba, so Bubba good. and Devon both, even Devon, watching Devon's movement in there, I was like, God, these guys were really good. And uh, it's amazing what they became and they came, became part of that TLC legacy and all that. Like, man, you know, arguably one of the greatest tag teams ever. Yes. It's just amazing to see them here. And they're about a year away from leaving here and starting their journey in WWF. Um, on contrast, of the long opening shtick, the entrance of Spike Dudley, Dreamer, and Sandman was fantastic. Even though it was generic music, um, oh, it still was really good. You know, I hate Sandman's work in the ring. I fucking just do. Yeah. I think he's a piece of shit. But um, Sandman's entrance, and I will say it, and I mean it, is the so second greatest entrance of all time to The Undertaker. Like, that, it, it, when he comes down to Mr. Sandman and he fucking drinks beer, I don't know what it is. Enter that Sandman. organic, him fucking, it, or yeah, did I say Mr. Sandman? Mr. Sandman. The uh, villain, the villain in Mike Tyson's video game. I don't think he's coming uh, out of that shit. He's, <laughs> it's the Mike Tyson <laughs> video game theme. Um so uh, uh, who he was a bitch to beat, by the way, Mr. Sandman in Mike Tyson's game. Um, yeah, so he comes down to Inner Sandman like it's there's nothing more organic and like it's a great fucking entrance and and he could do that well and then that's where that shit ends for that guy because he's terrible in the ring. But um, I like their entrance here. They came down, the crowd's fucking into it. They're going in the crowd. Tommy Dreamer's always good. Um, I did have a note though. Whose idea was it for Big Dick Dudley and Sandman to touch at all? Uh, they should they shouldn't have touched each other at all because they're both terrible. Um, the ending was very cluttered. Um, the four-way tree of old was actually kind of cool. I did pop for that and the crowd liked it. So I, I was okay with it. I give it a, it was a cluster, but I get for it, but this is ECW we're talking about. I give it a thumbs up slash thumbs in the middle vibe. Um, there's a lot of good matches that came before it, but, uh, they, they did purposely try to make this different by making it a cluster. And I think they did it on purpose, to be honest, um, because they, they knew fuck with no other match was like this. So let's just do it. So I give it a thumbs in the middle, thumbs up ish, like, cause it wasn't terrible. It Spike Dudley was a star here. That guy. Like, Spike is so underrated. Jesus Christ. Like, they all picked on him. You know, in the locker room, they're like, Spike, 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 I'm going to try this on you. And he's like, okay, thanks, Bubba, no problem. And Devon's like, yo, Spike, I'm going to try this on you. And he's like, uh, okay, you can try it on me too. And then somebody else will be like, Spike, I'm going to try this on you. And he's like, e okay, you too. Like, Spike had to fucking bump for yeah. everybody. My like, favorite moment awesome. of Spike Dudley is in the movie Beyond the Mat when he's like, actually, I'm an English teacher. And he's just leading. <laughs> I love taking head. bumps. And he's like, Falstaff. And he gives off like a Shakespeare quote. And then he like looks up. He's like, oh, what? I need to keep dabbing he's like talking to the medic because he's bleeding like a stuck pig as he's doing this interview yeah like, but spike was yeah. amazing sorry he was like I, I love taking bumps yeah so uh, well craig go ahead go into your uh rating of the match I, thumbs down i didn't i i don't know and maybe cuz and Whoa. jess can explain this to me why this went last and taz and bam bam didn't um was it because i cannot explain that but go on kind of dudley story and the little package they put together on it but it was a mess to me yeah. and i i I looked at the the timeline on the network and it was like they had 40 minutes left when they introduced the Dudleys. And I was like, there's no way this goes 40 minutes or 35 minutes. And then I honestly didn't watch the whole BS of Gertner and that stuff. I moved until they started wrestling. Um, and then I just, it, there was some cool spots in it, but it was such a cluster that I just, it left me a little bit um, shaking my head coming off what came before I, it. So I'm going to give it a thumbs down and fully prepared. I'm, I'm with you. To, I'm with, I'm with you scoring. on that, Craig. The first thing, the first thing I think of is like, why it's just, was the title match not last? Why? 
Is there a reason? Cause, cause, Jess. No, I, I never thought of that. And those are, that's, that's a very good point. I never thought of that. Bigelow and Tash should have been the main event. You're right. Unless it's purely Tommy Dreamer, right? Like purely send him home happy. Tommy must almost die and then pose. And yeah, that brawl. Right. Tommy must also. I I suppose you're appealing to the crowd of 4,400 in front of you, but you're not appealing to someone who might buy your pay-per-view for the first time and want to move forward. Um, I, I give it a thumbs down for the same clusters, the same issues, the same boring intros on one half of the side. I get it. I mean, I I know what we're dealing with. I know I, God, the Dudleys on both sides. Spike Dudley's just we all love him. Um, I'm, I'm I'm surprised he's still walking, quite frankly. But you know, I look at the match and I look at where it is, and it doesn't make sense to me. And I, I think it was a way bigger storyline in Paul Heyman's head than what he actually had produced on the title titles matter titles fucking matter, you know? And, um, I know it's ECW whether you want to say, Hey, it's ECW or it's just ECW. And it shouldn't matter. You, yeah, go ahead. Jim Molino working with Sandman, Dreamer and Spike. Four way drop kicks. Gertner called Molino bold before the matchup. And there's his receipt. Well, and real quick, real quick to correct you, the Taz and Bigelow match was not yeah, for a title. No title. It was for the Fuck the World tech, title, but that was tech, that was a self-made up title because Douglas was dodging Taz or whatever. You know, like the announcer in the beginning yeah. said, the unrecognized FTW. But 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 I, I, there was a belt. I still agree with both of you. I still agree with both of you in the sense that yes. it had the main event indication because the winner would get Douglas, and the whole point should be about the championship. Right. So I totally get what Dave's saying, and I agree with Craig and Dave both that you know, yeah, I never thought of that. And then when you guys just said it right now, I was like, yeah, why the fuck not? Like that should have been the last match. That last image with them going through the ramp and everything would have been oh, a great yeah. way Douglas to go Douglas facing like, off at so. the end with Bigelow. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You're right. That's how you send off. So I, I give it a thumbs down because of all, all those reasons that we just discussed. And cause I, I'm sure we'll bring us home on this bad boy. I, I agree as far as like looking at it from that standpoint. Um, but you know, it, it is like we said, like it is ECW. It's not WWE. It's ECW. It's not WWE right? or WCW. That, yeah. The, the yeah. only, it, I mean, if anything, then it would, it should have been the tag titles. It should have been RVD and, and Sabu versus that, Hayabusa and Hakushi. I'm okay with that too. Cause um, I'm down with but that. But there, there yeah. was story. There is story. The, the whole thing, it, it was for revenge because yeah. the Dudley's they almost killed almost Beulah. broke. Yeah. So it was like about almost breaking her neck, and then they did this That's whole lock thing where they were pretending to apologize, and they and they had a couple matches already with uh, uh, Dreamer and Sandman. So it was all about revenge. It was about you know the Dudley's treatment of Spike and everything. So it was more of a go home, go you know send everyone home happy. Yeah. Um, That's a good New point. New Jack and in uh, uh, Jack Victory, they actually one of the the matches with the Dudley's versus Dreamer and Sandman ended in a no contest because they. In, uh, interfered in that match back then so then they were supposed to have that match at Heat Wave 98 New Jack versus Jack Victory obviously it didn't happen because New Jack got jumped in the in the parking lot and then it ended you know after the match ended where they got where Dreamer and all of them got the revenge on the Dudleys then it ended with you know New Jack coming out and you know getting the revenge on New J- on Jack Victory and all that shit um, I, I still give it a thumbs up just because it was fun and there was a lot of good like crazy spots that Spike Dudley and Bubba man he is such a pro like even the way because he knows he has to kind of compensate for Spike Dudley's size so like when when Spike Dudley did the uh, the acid drop to him you could see it almost looked as if Bubba was performing the move on, on Spike like reversing it but it was just Bubba like overselling and, and just trying to make Spike Dudley's acid drop look devastating he like kind of 
it looked like he was throwing Spike Dudley instead of Spike Dudley doing the ass drop. Yeah. But then Bubba just like takes it. He goes like almost head first and fucking flops around in the ring. Bubba's such a pro. All those guys, you know, obviously except for Sandman, fucking big dick Dudley. Um, and, and even the opening, man, the opening fucking fits in with it. I know, I know it was long, but sign guy held a sign that actually spoke truth. He, it said real Sunday night heat. Dudley's got mm. legit fucking heat. That was the best thing when they would come People out. People hated them. They would yeah. challenge the fans to fight. And I like how they even said, we'll challenge anyone in WWF. And then he's like, and everyone in WCW. There was a lot of <laughs> shade like, on WWF like, here. anybody here. Yeah. Bubba like, starts hey, by I, saying, I hate every single yes. one of you. That, yeah. That's, that's right. why I was always mad when they would come out. And it, that, that long, like, the long promo in the beginning before their matches, that was their thing. They got so much heat after. And That's they also actually, true. Like, it really was their nuclear thing. Nuclear heat, like legit nuclear heat. Yeah. That that, that fits in with it. And that's, to me, it, it gets a thumbs up the whole package. Damn it. Good point, cuz. No, no, you make good points. I'm going to stand to my, I'm going to stand my ground, as they say, but still. But yeah, it is good points. And but that's I think that's the thing about ECW in general is that when you look at it in the in the aspects of ECW, it's fucking amazing. If you look at the yes. aspects of like it, the minute you go outside of that bubble, you're like, it's it's all kinds of fucked up. And yeah, I guess that's okay too, right? Yeah, so exactly. That's that's what before it is. Before you to close explore, out though, right? we gotta I give the mm-hmm. the whole pay-per-view overall a thumbs up because other than you guys giving yeah. this a thumbs down, there was nothing else that got thumbs down through the whole night. And to me personally, I, I would just give it a thumbs up anyways. So yeah, I thought I thought it was great. I thought this event was great. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Thumbs up all the way. I mean, even with the bad camera stuff at times. I mean, I, I know that RVD hits a huge move and they miss it entirely, and you just see him hit it from the floor. I'm not even sure what he hit from the ropes. It looks incredible, but you, you can't see it. It's it's one of those miss like RVD did this. I'm like, I don't believe you. It's on TV uh, because there was really only you know moving camera and then one hard cam. There just wasn't enough. Um, but in spite of all that, it's still a thumbs it's, up. It's, it's, it's big, quite incredible. Yeah, it's big thumbs up. I think go even if you have um, thoughts about ECW and are not a huge fan, just go. We have plenty of time because everyone's sitting at home still. Go watch this on the network. Uh, it's it's worth a watch. You'll it's super. It. It's super enjoyable, and I think it breaks the stereotype of what you thought ECW was. While still, it is exactly what ECW was. But if yeah. you watch this and you're a wrestling fan and can't take a lot of these good matches and and give it th- give it a thumbs up then i don't know what to do with you yeah. just thumbs up because <laughs> it because it well it, car- it carries a lot of what comes on later in wwe and other places right so hit us up on instagram at owp2019 click on the link here you can find us on several platforms including apple spotify soundcloud youtube iHeartRadio, and stitcher and we are now part of the wrestle hub family and Google Podcasts. All about wrestling podcasts at the Wrestle Hub and YouTube. I'm sorry, at the Wrestle Hub on YouTube and Instagram. And because where else? Google Podcast. Google Podcast. And o- OnlyFans slash OWP. And fanwise. Oh, oh shit. I got I gotta, I got some work to do on that. I'm uh, scared. Shtick. Don't go to OnlyFans. <laughs> it's jokes. It's jokes. We're all naked. Uh, this, is Dave, this is Dave, Jess, Cuz, and Craig with the OWP signing off. Have a good oh one. Oh, my God.